In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 38 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. You can follow me on Instagram at inyourelementpodcast, on Twitter at IYEpodcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any gaming-related questions that you'd like me to answer, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. Today, I'm joined by a newcomer to the show, Claire Fusich-Falzone. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Just got off work, so that's pretty nice. How are you doing? I also just got off work, so that is also very nice. Um, I'm doing I'm doing well. Uh, so this is your first time on the show. Why don't you let people know who you are and what you're into? Um, hi, I'm Claire. This is my first time on any kind of podcast, so it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm into a lot of video games. Definitely Pokemon and like farming simulators like Harvest Moon and Rune Factory. I love Sonic the Hedgehog. He's a pretty cool dude. Um, and yeah, like lots of I like story-based games. I like to play uh, kind of like one-player story-based games like Last of Us with friends because mm-hmm. and to rewrite the narrative and stuff. I feel like it's a lot more fun and engaging than just playing them alone. Oh, but for I, sure, yeah. Yeah, like I liked Telltale a lot back in the good old days. I know. Rip Telltale. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, speaking of games, what have you been playing lately? Um, my friend and I have been just started uh, kind of binge playing L.A. Noir. Nice. Which I'd never, I mean, I've always heard, I've always seen the doubt meme. So when he suggested <laughs> we play it, I was like, hell yeah. Um, nice what what are your thoughts so far on it um it's it's all right like i can see how the facial animations and stuff were revolutionary for the time um it's definitely it's definitely a game i enjoy more playing with another person because like instead of a you know straight laced by the books detective cole phelps i think the main character's name mm-hmm. is We've transformed him into a Cole Four Guns, who is a sane detective who collects guns during his missions. And uh, his main goal is to find this creamery car, which we were so close to stealing. But then a glitch, <laughs> a glitch happened, and it disappeared. And we've been hunting down. We cannot find this creamery car. Oh no! It's, it's Did the life. game break? <laughs> It just it sometimes it glitches where cars will despawn because we were like right in the middle of it and then yeah. the camera shifted focus and it just disappeared and it was really tragic. Oh no. Oh man. Well, 
that's Rockstar Games for you. They do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how about you? What are some? That's like the main game I'm playing right now. Kind of so, maybe going back yeah. to Pokemon sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Uh, so I have been returning to Persona Five. Uh, I know uh, we were talking about that quite a bit during E3 week, and uh, I've I've had this itch to go back and play that game for a while now, and I was holding out for that Persona 5S announcement, hoping that it was going to be a Switch port of the game. Uh, turns out Persona 5 Scramble is not that. It's a Musou-style game, which I may or may not get, depending on... Uh, I don't know what how it reviews because I I'm not typically into those style of games. But that being said, um, decided to go back and jump into that game. Um, didn't realize I was already like 55 hours in when I stopped. So I definitely put in like a good chunk of time on that game, and uh, I was worried for a while that returning was going to be like really difficult, you know, because it's such a day to day game. Oh yeah, you got um, you know, it. You, I was hoping. You find a yeah, yeah. And I, I I was like, oh, man, I'm dreading going back in and figuring out like where I left off and what I was doing. And thankfully, I got uh, I stopped at a point in the game where it was like pretty easy to pick back up. My um, my characters were like on summer break from school. So I pretty much had like all the time in the world to just mess around and do whatever, which was good. I didn't feel like I had that much of a schedule to stick to. So uh, I've been playing that and then um, picked up Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, during E3, I know uh, you and I got to play just a little bit of that together, and uh, I had never played Crypt of the Necker Dancer. Um, I bought it on PS4 when it was on some crazy deep sale. Jumped in for like 15 minutes, and I was like, "Eh, I'm not in the mood for this right now," and never went back to it. So when I saw Cadence of Hyrule announced, I was like, "This looks intriguing. Um, I love the art style. I love the like the rhythm aspect of the game." And I was like, "I'm definitely gonna give this a shot because it looks so polished." And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. That game is fantastic. I finished it in probably um, maybe six hours, five or six hours for my first playthrough, um, which is, you know, it's a it's a it's a good little game. It's not a full price game. It's twenty five bucks. So not a not a big investment in terms of financial, but very fun. Um, If you're looking for a different type of game, um, indie game with with a really unique twist and in the Zelda universe, I would definitely recommend cadence of hyrule uh, but other than that i i finished cadence and then last night i went and repurchased crypt of the necker dancer on switch and now i'm playing through that <laughs> and it is equally fun um the music is just so good in those games i can't get over it i've been like humming it in my head all day <laughs> i just can't... It just it gets it gets in there yeah yeah um i'm yeah, especially a fan i did i beat him earlier today uh my second time getting there and i i was just patient this the first time i went in i was like oh gosh i can't figure out the rhythm of this this boss battle um because every every level that you go through has like a different um music you know and different rhythm and, and beat that you have to kind of match so the uh the first boss in crypt of the necker dancer has like a uh kind of a conga style song and has like this beat that stops so i know you warned me about that when we were talking about it initially and uh, yeah, it was it took a moment to kind of catch on to. And uh, I, I got him, though. Got him today. So pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, other than that, just been some rhythm games and persona. Uh, looking forward to My Friend Pedro, which comes out tomorrow. Have you seen My, My Friend Pedro at all? I've heard of it, but I haven't like I literally just heard of it. I haven't seen any trailers for it or anything. What's what's yeah. that about? 
So it's a it's a Devolver digital game, which is like just a, a recipe for success as of late. Um, they're publishing the game and it's just this wild like I, I mean, I really don't know how to describe the game. It's just it looks like a chaotic like action movie that you're playing through. It's like a 2D like side scrolling level type scenario where you're controlling this dude who's apparently being controlled by a banana and like the banana is making him go on this like killing rampage and there's a lot of slow-mo and just like really cool action shots it looks very much like if john wick was in 2d and also like rode a skateboard and had all sorts of different weapons that he could use it just looks like straight chaos but i am on board with that so i've got that preloaded on the switch ready to go and once that is live i'm going to be jumping into that for sure that sounds like fun. Is the banana the friend, the titular friend Pedro? <laughs> I don't know. They've been really like uh, they've they've released some trailers and they just put out a really cool like anime style trailer today for the for the launch. Um, but they I don't think they've mentioned any like names or anything. So I'll find out and report back when I know if the banana's name is Pedro or not, because <laughs> I don't know if I the banana is saying that his friend Pedro is the guy that you're controlling or if you're the guy and the banana's a friend so who knows someone in the game has got to be named Pedro though pretty sure it'd be pretty disappointing if it wasn't yeah I would I would probably bump it down a little in the review score if that's the case no, I'm just a misleading title <laughs> four out of ten needs a better title um, all right. Well, as I'm sure you all know, last week was the annual Electronic Entertainment Expo held in Los Angeles. And Claire and I got the opportunity to attend on behalf of Mammoth Gamers, one of the websites that we both write for. Uh, during our time, we met a ton of really cool industry people, got to see some amazing booths, and of course, play some upcoming games. So today, I want to chat about some of our highlights from the show, as well as some of the things that really surprised us. So Claire, the first the first thing I want to ask, both of us have never been to E3 before. Um, I've actually never been to like a big convention in general. Um, I know you, you've you been to Comic-Con and some other stuff, right? I, I haven't been to Comic-Con yet. I'm going. Oh, for, you're going this year. I'm going for one day this year. And that's like oh. sticking my foot in the door so I can get the tickets. Like That's good, right. Good tickets. Oh, nice. Okay. But I thought I have... you had said you were had already been. Okay. So that's exciting. Um, but you've been to other other smaller conventions before you said, right? Yeah, smaller and bigger, like not Comic-Con big, but I've been to like Anime Expo, Fanime, mm -hmm. like more, more anime conventions than gaming, but uh Yeah. But, but still yeah, so... you've been you've been in the in that vibe before. So mm -hmm. this this is uh this was like the first one that I've been to just ever. So I was I was very anxious and very excited and nervous and all the emotions pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. What what was your like overall takeaway just from E3 in general? How would you like sum it up in like a tweet? Oh god, a tweet, that's not many characters. I know. Um I <laughs> uh that it was really in like the vibe was really interesting and fun. Like mm -hmm. you could tell that people there, like really, like most people there, wanted to be there, and it was like a just you know a, an experience of its own. Mm -hmm. uh, but that you know, it's it was a 
also a little a little more prof professional than you know the anime conventions I'd been to before. Like there was a lot more business talk than just going. <laughs> there there to... was a lot of business talk. <laughs> a lot of businessmen in suits walking around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like kind of intimidated by them. Like, oh, I'm here in you know my bright '90s jacket, wearing two-toned lipstick, and then there are these people and straight up suits maybe you intimidated them though we didn't I think bet. of that they they were probably like oh god what am i doing here i'm in this suit and all these people are in these crazy cool clothes um it's like the <laughs> how bright flowers you know stay away <laughs> right yeah. uh yeah i i think my overall impressions of the show was it was definitely big um the la convention center is gigantic um uh, but I felt like it wasn't as big as I was expecting it to be. Uh, I, yeah, like we first showed up um, day one and uh, well, like the true day one, we we went to the Microsoft conference prior, which was very cool. Uh, but day one, like official E3, uh, we started out in the West Hall, which is where Nintendo's booth is at. And um, Sega had their booth there and a few others. Uh, but that hall was like, not even full like if you went to the back there was so much open space and uh and then we ventured over to the south hall eventually which was much larger and more like epic feeling it had a much better vibe in there i felt too and i think that was kind of the general consensus from everyone is that south okay. hall was like that was the party area and that like west hall was place. kind of like dry and just weird um but still like both of them had a lot of open space in it and i have to wonder if Sony not being there this year and Microsoft of course having their entire theater to themselves they don't have a presence really on the show floor either um it felt like it felt like something was missing right and and we've never experienced it prior so I can't really speak to like previous E3s in person but it definitely felt like there I felt like there should have been more you know yeah, I was talking to a bunch of people who had been there before, and mm -hmm. I think whenever it came up, they would mention like, "Oh, yeah, this year is nothing like this. Like this year is so calm and tame compared to last year." And yeah. I think they were mentioning how, yeah, like Sony not being there was a pretty big factor in that, and like, uh, which I I could understand. So yeah, it was definitely much more toned down like you see pictures or videos of e3 from previous years and it's yeah utter anarchy whereas now you can like you can get it's like a wave hall hall. Like, like a wave of people yeah yeah if like we we hardly even got into like traffic jam scenarios inside the actual halls which i was like oh man we're definitely going to just get like you know you're not going to be able to walk through these places but it was that was pretty tame it felt like we were we were able to move through there pretty quickly like if you needed to get from point A to point B, it wasn't that bad. So, um, yeah, I, I was also pretty surprised at how many smaller games there were that were featured there. Like, you know, we see all uh, in, in the in the media, like all the big AAA titles and stuff and all that stuff that gets publicity. But there were so many small studios and developers that I've never even heard of that were featuring their show or featuring their games at the show. And it was just so cool to see like, all of these different games coexisting um, like around each other. It was kind of uh it's kind of neat. Yeah, especially like and how like certain ones gathered 
like crowds and everything because obviously like, the big booths had the hour-long waits but if you went to other places at the wrong time you'd still have to wait and it was kind of nice seeing these smaller companies and and like indie games having a decent following getting exposure oh yeah for sure yeah so yeah speaking of some of those big booths um some of the highlights from the show uh of course everyone's been talking about cyberpunk 2077 uh since keanu came out on stage he pretty much kind of set the tone for e3 this year um eh, maybe not set the tone but he definitely stole the show. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely like the highlight everyone talked about. Yeah, about. That, that's like the big thing that everybody like on the internet was just losing their shit over. And uh, and we were in the Microsoft Theater um, covering that conference uh, for the for the website. And both you and I were like, holy shit, is that Keanu Reeves? Like, I remember what? seeing him in the trailer like, oh, oh, is that Keanu Reeves? Yeah. And then like the lights dimmed and like there's flashing like this is keanu reeves coming just, on stage like just smoking yeah it was insane he he seems like a like a genuinely like goofy dude too just he 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 felt very like genuine up on stage and it was just wild how he had such a presence on stage and like just commanded that whole room <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it was it was quite a quite a spectacle to see uh mr wick on stage um we did not get to see uh any of the behind closed doors uh, demos for that unfortunately um albert perkins the uh the site co-owner uh for mammoth gamers was with us as well he did get to go see it and he was uh pretty blown away by it so that bodes well for the game um everything i've heard from all the other uh, media that did get to go see it of course enjoyed it and that was like very very much the game of the show for a lot of people um on the flip side there was final fantasy 7 remake which uh which we saw some gameplay from the Square Enix conference. Um, didn't get to go and see that one either, unfortunately. That was that was probably the most difficult game to get into. It seemed like like the moment the doors opened, it was like sold out immediately. The the tickets for uh, for both press and for the gamers. So a little bummed that we didn't get to see those two, but we did get to see quite a bit of Nintendo's booth, um, oh, specifically. Yeah pokemon sword and shield and luigi's mansion 3 what uh what did you think of those two um pokemon sword and shield i mean pokemon has been super big part of my life since forever and so i was Mm -hmm. already expecting to love it when we got in started playing and i loved it like the people attending the stations are so energetic and friendly they're like Mm -hmm. yeah like you know here's the next game they helped you with the puzzle because there was part of the like the the whole demo was entering the water gym mm-hmm. and towards the end the puzzle gets a little tricky and you only have i think 15 20 minutes to play so the people by the booth by the booth were uh helping people through the puzzle and it was i'm glad just... I'm, I'm glad i wasn't the only one that got stumped on that i was uh i was like you know just kind of breezing through it and the guy that was like watching me play the demo from Nintendo. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, you got this, man. You're doing, you're doing great. You're, you're doing, you know, you're like ahead of where most people are right now. And then I got to the part where it seems like everybody got stuck. (laughs) And then I was like, oh man, (laughs) I thought this was a kid's game. What's going on here? (laughs) Your your speed run stats. Like, I know I just got to try again. Uh, But yeah, the whole booth was stylized like the, like the water gym. So 
when you go in there, it just it was like this incredible vibe in there. Um, mm-hmm. The walls look like they had like fans cheering in there, like from the game. And uh, we got to see some new Pokemon there. Um, yes. Jeez, uh, and I should have got their names, but Yepper and, and Impy Dimp. Impy Dimp, yes. Uh, so Impy Dimp is a dark and fairy type, right? Yeah, and it's the cutest Pokemon <laughs> ever. It is like this purple and pink little demon, little gremlin monster. I love it. <laughs> and it's going on my team. <laughs> I'm so then, excited. Oh yeah, he he looked great. And then uh, Yamper is a is an electric corgi. So just picture a corgi, but with a with a little electricity. Was his tail like electric or something? I think like it's his booty, like has his... a little electric thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, we got to try the Dynamaxing, which is the the new the new uh, like battle feature in the game. Um, Dynamax allows you to basically like supersize your Pokemon once per battle, uh, so you have to time it right, and then uh, it lasts for three turns. Um, so you've got to be really strategic when you actually do that. Um, I Dynamaxed Grookey. Which is the uh, the new grass type? Um, who did you Dynamax? Definitely Dynamax Yamper. I just wanted to see nice. a giant corgi, and it was <laughs> really sad and really funny because it, it it got killed or defeated. Oh no! Yeah, and when your Dynamax Pokemon faints, it explodes. What? Yeah, oh, like it just no. bursts into flames. Oh, no. And so it was, I mean, I kind of felt bad, but seeing a giant corgi just explode oh no (laughs) i i was going to dynamax uh yamper but mine had like not very much health so i opted out of that but oh no i would have felt so bad if he exploded (laughs) yeah you did a good choice the yamper like like the supercharged electric move did nothing (laughs) yeah that the matchup that we had in the in the the gym battle was not optimal because the they had like a a rock and water type i think so yeah, yeah that rock that rock's not getting yeah uh what was the name of that one again that's uh not, don't remember that one's name it is one uh, of the ones they showed off in the trailer though that wasn't yeah. like a a new one for e3 but yeah um so pokemon was a lot of fun um booth was great we got some cool little pins afterwards which was a lot of fun um we also got to see luigi's mansion 3 which i think had probably the coolest booth out of the whole show what do you oh, think yeah it was, i'm trying to think of the other booths but yeah like it definitely had them yeah because it was basically like haunted disney's haunted mansion where it was yes. all black lit and everyone was in all the uh attendees were in like hotel uh god i'm blanking the word but like you bellhop know, bellhop yeah. outfits Yes, they were like uh, all the Nintendo employees there were in like um, neon colored bellhop outfits. So they they glowed really cool in the in the black light. But yeah, it was like walking into it. It was almost exactly what you'd see inside the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. And you and I were like, what? This is so cool being in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting hands on with the game felt very, very good. this was the first Luigi's Mansion you had played, right? Yeah, I'd seen it. Like, I think a friend of mine had the original or something. I'd watched them play like when I was mm-hmm. younger. But this is the very first time I'd ever played it. And it was fun. Like, 
I, I don't know if I'll be getting the game. Like there's so many games coming out. Oh, but yeah. it was definitely like really fun to play and be Gooigi for a day. Yeah, that was an interesting mechanic. Um, a lot of people are, are pretty mixed on the whole Gooigi thing, but I think it's cool. I felt like the game um, feels a bit more like the original, the uh, GameCube version, um, being that it's like in a giant haunted hotel. Uh, it's very like art deco themed and like a, you know, kind of like a, we got kind of like Tower of Terror vibes a bit from that one, just mm-hmm. being inside the hotel and everything. Gameplay felt good. Um, the puzzles were great. I like the new mechanics for the, um, geez, what's his vacuum called? <laughs> Are you asking the wrong person? <laughs> oh man, I should have I should have come prepared with some of these notes. Um, anyway, his his vacuum, his his uh, yeah, you know, yeah, the ghost vacuum, that one, uh, the poltergust, that's the one. Um, so yeah, his poltergust, he got it's upgraded in this one, so now you can like. Um, suck up the ghosts and then you can slam them on the ground which is really satisfying to do Um, you can also slam them into other ghosts which is also very satisfying Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun it it seems like the the puzzles are going to be you know it's such a it's such a um, atmospheric game luigi's mansion so i'm I'm very excited for this the one thing that i did not like was um, this is the first luigi's mansion game that's going to have dual stick controls so one of your your left stick is of course going to move Luigi around. The right stick is actually to aim the 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 poltergeist vacuum, which was a little hard to maneuver. Um, it, it seemed like it was not not the best uh, control, and uh, it sounded like they were getting a lot of that feedback from other players. So hopefully they adjust that. Game's obviously not coming out um, anytime soon. I would think they just said it's 2019. So we'll it seems see. Like it would be a holiday release. I feel like they're that that game seems like it's coming out in October, like right around Halloween time. Just seems like very very good spot for that. Yeah, very thematically appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one big game uh, at Nintendo's booth that we did not get to play was Link's Awakening, uh, the remake. We tried the, so uh, hard. We did. We tried every single day, and the lines were absolutely insane. Um, both days uh, after day one, so day two and three. They actually shut the line down at like 2 p.m. Uh, because they would not be able to accommodate anybody else after that, uh, after waiting. And uh, the, the third day we got there like right in the morning and already the wait was like four and a half to five hours. So we both were like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go play Silk Song. Yeah, so we ended up going inside Nintendo's booth, their main booth where they had a bunch of um, indie games in there. They had some third party stuff. Uh, just a lot of a lot of cool games. We got to play Hollow Knight Silk Song, so that's the uh, upcoming sequel to Hollow Knight. Uh, and this one, you get to play as Hornet, and there's some uh, some cool new mechanics in there as far as like healing, and uh, the game still looks beautiful. Uh, what do you think of of Silk Song getting hands on? Oh, I thought it was great. It, it controlled great. The, the graphics were incredible, as you know, for mm-hmm. Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Was, I played the uh, the grassy level because I was told it was a little easier because I haven't played Hollow Knight in a little bit. So yeah. I wanted to make sure I could make it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. picked the same level. I just felt like the other one looked really like drab and not exciting. And the green yeah. level just looked so like inviting. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I got in there. 
Oh, sorry. Hmm? Uh, apparently there were other mechanics in the more drab level because you're higher level, but... Um, oh, damn. So we missed out on those, but I think just going through the, the grassy world was pretty worth. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like... Um, and Hornet um, like stabs at a diagonal angle, which is kind of new. Um, in the original Hollow Knight, he like jumps and stabs straight down. So it was, mm-hmm. it's interesting how you have to kind of like time that mechanic, the diagonal slash. So uh, very excited for that game. Uh, no release date, but I think they just said coming soon. So I feel like that game is going to be sometime this summer. Uh, it feels pretty complete. I mean, at least from what we played, um, it, it, it seems like it's ready to go. So I'm definitely ready for some more Hololite. Uh, we also got hands on with um, some other games in Nintendo's booth. I played a bit of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Um, I played co-op with three other randos and it was it was good. It's a I haven't played those games in like 10 years. And I when I did play them, I didn't really have any like interest in the Marvel properties um, like I do now after like the whole MCU. And I think that this game's going to probably do well just because Marvel is such a big property now. Um, there's a ton of characters in there in the demo. There was like 13 characters. They had like Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man and then regular Spider-Man. There was like, um, all, all the main Avengers were in there. You had, uh, Rocket and Groot and, um, who else was in there? Like Venom, just some random people, but it sounds like in the final game, I think there's going to be something like 30 or so characters somewhere around there. So looks like it'll be a fun little get friends over and play on the same tv type of thing um i don't know if i'm gonna get that for like a single player because it was kind of just mindless like running around beat em up type stuff uh, a little chaotic on screen at times but uh, it looks like it'll be good um you got some more hands-on with the mario and sonic at the olympics 2020 yeah what did you I've... think of that uh i thought it was solid like uh, I I played as Bowser because he was he's the cutest one they had available. <laughs> um, and I don't know what that, what really I can say about it. like if you played the previous Mario and Sonic Olympic games, like they're just a bunch of fun mini games mm-hmm. where you get to play as a Mario or Sonic character. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty. It, it's that like you got to play in the demo karate surfing which i think is new maybe i haven't played the previous mario and sonic so i might have added that then yeah um arrow shooting and one good more old thing. arrow shooting oh yeah you know big big fan <laughs> uh and one more that i can't quite remember and the thing i took away most was that when you play as bowser in karate the gloves he wears makes it look like he has mittens on nice really precious but yeah it seems like a solid game does he wear mittens ever i mean i feel like the game the game's canon like (laughs) mario and sonic are obviously secretly bffs (laughs) and they play sports together uh i've never actually played any of those games and uh i got hands-on with that at the sega booth um and i was pleasantly surprised it was it was a fun like it seems like a good little party game for sure. There's like a, I don't know. It seemed like there's maybe going to be like 20 or so uh, little mini games in there. It just seems like a fun little thing to get together with friends and play. Um, One thing that they did have in there that they wouldn't talk about, 
And I noticed because I I like to scope things out in these demos. They had like a little sprite section off to the side that had a retro Mario sprite from I want to say it was Super Mario uh, Brothers, the original. And then they had Sonic's sprite from the Genesis uh, over to the right. And uh, I was like, what's that over there? And the guy's like, can't tell you about that yet, but stay tuned. I was like, damn. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that means. If that's going to be like a mode where you can play like retro versions of these games or what, but um, kind of cool. So stay tuned for that. Um, I think that game's coming out in the fall, if I recall. I don't remember what the date was on that one. I don't remember either. Um, wrapping up with Nintendo, um, on our final day at E3, um, as we were rushing to Link's Awakening, I did get to shake hands and talk to Doug Bowser, uh, which was a very cool experience. Uh, he, of course, is the new president of Nintendo of America. He took over for uh, good old Reggie back in April when Reggie retired. Um, and I have to say, I wasn't too sure about this guy at first. Um, obviously he's got a great name. It's very fitting for Nintendo. That is, say, what more do you need to hear? His name is I Doug mean, Bowser. His name's Doug Bowser, but Reggie just had like such a personality and he seemed like such a genuine dude who like actually cared about Nintendo and cared about the fans and the people, uh, all that stuff. And I was like, who's this guy? Is he just a, a guy in a suit with a cool name? Um, I can confirm he is a very sweet man. So um, I'm, I'm hoping Doug Bowser does well. It seems like uh, during the Nintendo Direct, he kind of showed a little bit of his humor um, getting on screen with uh, a CGI version of Bowser, and they were uh, confused at each other's presence on screen. So that was a lot of fun. Um, moving on to another big game that we got hands on with was Borderlands 3, a game that uh, I'm very excited for, um, as are you. Uh, oh, yeah. How is how was your time playing Borderlands? What'd you think? Uh, it was it was great. Uh, I played as Mose, the uh, the one of the newer like one of the new Vault Hunters who I can't remember what her title is, but she has you know the the diva mech and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was really fun. Like her uh, her little like I can't I now that I've called it diva, I can only think like her ult, her uh, getting into. <laughs> getting into the uh the mech who is uh like named something with the bear uh it was really awesome like you got to customize it and it you felt like you were trucking down in a giant mech suit when you were in it so that was mm-hmm. really cool the i'm used, i'm terrible at shooters but i still had fun just you know, jumping around, stabbing things, attempting to shoot them. I didn't mm-hmm. die, which was a really great accomplishment. Nice. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think because they had the game on easy, so you couldn't die. Probably. Oh, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. No, it was it was not on easy mode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I wouldn't uh, put it past them. Yeah, they're like, oh man, this game's great. I'm so good at it. Oh, <laughs> it's on easy. Uh, no, no, it was it was just regular regular old Borderlands, but. Um, I played as uh, Amara, the new Siren character. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of all that, like, uh, wizard kind of stuff. And this is like the closest to like a a mage type class in here because you've got all these like psychic abilities and cool stuff. Um, I will say that the game felt very good. It felt very modern. 
Um, they added sliding and vaulting, uh, which feels very similar to Apex Legends. So um, after playing Apex Legends, I feel like that game has ruined um, first-person shooters for me because uh, everything doesn't feel good in, unless you can slide. And um, they added the sliding mechanic in Borderlands 3, and it feels very good. So I'm, I'm stoked for that. Um, the gunplay actually felt very good as well. Uh, definitely feels a lot tighter than Borderlands 2, which I've gone back and played through um, with the the Handsome Collection. Um, graphically, I'd say the game looks like um, pretty similar to Borderlands 2 if you've downloaded the, the new texture packs they released for free uh, like two months ago or so. They basically added like a 4K texture pack for PlayStation 4 uh, Pro and it, it pretty much looked like that. So the game's going to look great because it's got that cell shaded look that's pretty timeless so very excited for borderlands though that that looks like it's going to be a very fun time i'm uh i'm excited to see all the new planets we got to we saw like a little e3 trailer type thing that showed off one of the new planets um it's like a swampy place looks cool and you're gonna get to explore a bunch of different planets in the sanctuary three which is like your spaceship yeah, I'm excited for the new villains. Mm, cause, yes. Because Handsome Jack is like such an iconic video game antagonist now. And so I, mm-hmm. I kind of like how they are completely branching off from him. Like they still, the, the two siblings who are uh, the leader of the cult. Uh, the Calypso twins. Yeah, the Calypso twins. It seems like they kind of are maintaining like kind of the lightheartedness that you found with handsome Jack, but also mm-hmm. putting their own twist on it. Like I, it's pretty funny to me how they're let's they're cultist let's players. Like, <laughs> yeah, they have streams and stuff. Like, what up, gamers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, Borderlands is so good at just the the comedy approach that they have and like the jokes. I'm, I have no doubt this game's gonna be just over the top silliness all around. Which I'm all for, because that's that's why I play Borderlands. Um, but yeah, they they showed off some cool stuff about co-op play and uh, and and customization for your characters. All the customization stuff is going to be cosmetic, and it's all going to be free in the game. So there's no loot boxes and all that stuff. So I think they're I think that game's going to do very well uh, if I were to predict. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I'm probably going to get it. Like, yeah, it's. I think it's going to just take Borderlands 2 and improve upon it in yeah. ways. Yeah, exactly. They can't really mess that formula up. Uh, and it looks like they're going to just keep rolling with that. So um, sweet. Uh, another game that uh, I saw behind closed doors, did not get to play, but uh, I did see gameplay of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So this is the reboot that's coming out later this year. Um big change in terms of the the narrative for this one um a lot of what activision is looking to do is make this more realistic they've been listening to players feedback people want more realism out of the game and um in terms of like actual warfare now they mentioned that the battlefield battlefield isn't clearly defined anymore uh, enemies don't wear uniforms so in the demo we saw um it was taking place in london and you basically just came off of this terrorist attack and you have like your squad of of dudes going into this house and uh, 
basically like right when they went into the house, there was like a woman that was in the kitchen. She screamed and didn't know if she was good or bad, but they pretty much assaulted her and took her down on the ground. And then you just proceed to see these guys go through this house and just like methodically pick off every single person in there. And I was like, holy shit, this is extremely jarring and like way too real. Everybody in the room was like, like gasping because they're like, what are we watching? This is this feels bad. Um, it, it, it like I kept getting flashbacks to the, uh, the the airport scene in Modern Warfare 2 where you're like the terrorists and you're like gunning down civilians because these people weren't in like military garb or anything. They were just regular ass people, but apparently they were bad. So I'm I'm curious to see how this game does as far as like a the, the public reception goes when it when it launches later this year. Um, definitely seems realistic. Um, seems a little too realistic though. <laughs> um, yeah. as far, yeah, one of the parts actually, they went into like, they were basically just going up and upstairs, keep going upstairs in, in this like multi-story place. And like they, they kept just basically like breaching these doors going through. And one of the rooms there was a, like they, they would just go in and like whoever's in there, they were shooting them. And I was like, Jesus, who are like, what are they doing? How do they know these people are bad? And there's one room they went in and there was a woman in there who had a baby that was crying in a crib and she goes <gasps> and she goes and grabs her baby. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if they shoot this woman and this baby right now, this is I'm I'm going to be actually angry. And they didn't do it, thankfully. Um, but they they didn't not do it because they're like, keep an eye on her. And then they just like you see the main person like go somewhere else. So I don't know what happened to that baby, but I hope the baby is fine. Um, one mechanic that looks new in this game that that is an improvement is that you can shoot through walls. So they had like, um, they were just shooting like basically across the wall, just horizontally. And then they opened the door and the person who was behind the wall was dead. So similar to Rainbow Six Siege, you can shoot through walls now. So exciting stuff. Anyway, Modern Warfare, that's coming out later this year. Um, so I want to move to one of the panels that we saw. We got to see a panel for Psychonauts 2, uh, yes. which is, uh, of course... The sequel to the cult classic Psychonauts uh, from Double Fine Games. And the panel that we saw was uh, Tim Schafer. Of course, he's the uh, the head there. And Jack Black was on stage, who is uh, doing a voice in this game, which is really exciting. So these two worked together back um, on... Jeez, what was their game before? Oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on it. But uh, I am too. It was the metal but, one. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know it. I played oh, it. Why why was I not prepared for this? Uh Jack Black Metal Game. Uh Brutal Legend. That's the one. Brutal Legend, yes. Oh. Yeah. So um didn't realize that that was uh that was uh, a double fine game as well um that they worked on. So that's cool to see them that they're back. Jack Black's gonna be doing voices in Psychonauts 2. Uh, but you actually got to go hands-on with the game as well, and you're a big fan. What are your thoughts on Psychonauts 2? I think it's not that I'm biased or anything, but I think it's going to be fantastic. Another classic game, like, because, oh my gosh, the first Psychonauts was just this amalgamation of creativity and witty dialogue where, like, you you play, you, in, in Psychonauts, if you're not familiar, you play as this 10-year-old kid, uh, Raz, who is a psychic, and he sneaks into a top secret psych 
a camp where they train psychonauts who are like secret agents who are also psychics who go into people's minds and heal them or extract information or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the first game you're going into a bunch of people's minds and it's always like there's so much symbolism of what these people are going through. Like if you go into this one guy who's like super in control of his emotions and stuff, his mind is basically like a box that he keeps under control and it's only until you kind of mess around in there that things kind of go haywire or another person who they were uh, an actress and so her with I think bipolar disorder and so her mental mindscape is a huge stage where you can change the lighting to reflect her mood and stuff it's oh, really cool, cool stuff like that that's awesome and it's a platformer Mm-hmm. And so seeing Psychonauts 2, it seems like they're keeping that creativity. In the, the little demo I saw, they entered the mind of a Dr. Lovato, who was in the first game and in the VR game, which came out, I think, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's a dentist brain surgeon. They're trying to like extract information from him. And so like the more he becomes aware of what you're doing, the more... The mental mindscape becomes his like you see teeth sprouting up and mm-hmm. you see references to uh the previous games of like his personality and things like that and it just they have they've kept the psychic powers that raz has from the first game but they've kind of expanded upon it like uh pyrokinesis which before was kind of like this affecting one thing mm-hmm. attack in Psychonauts 2, it's now kind of like an AoE blast. Yeah. And so, and Tim Schafer yeah. mentioned that, like, all the previous uh, abilities are kind of tweaked a bit to suit combat more, which will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game felt like... I- I've never played the original game, so I don't have much insight into Psychonauts, but it very much looked like a... Like a... Not in a bad way, but like a, a PlayStation 2 game. Just like one of those like older style platforming games like uh, Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Daxter, that style. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously much more modern. Um, but yeah, it looks just like a fun, like, I don't know, like a bubblegum kind of game, just like really fun and like quirky. Um, definitely draws a lot of inspiration from like Tim Burton in the art style they were mentioning. Um, they've got a lot of inspiration from that kind of that kind of stuff. So um yeah it looks great i i was very intrigued by the demo that we saw and uh, i'm definitely going to be jumping into this one when it comes out jack black's role also sounds cool just, just a quick thing it's he's a brain that like has been without a body for a long time and Raz in quest finds him a body and so like this kind of dull uh mentality that he had just springs to life and so jack black as the brain is going to sing like a rock ballad about how great it is to have a body i think that's fantastic (laughs) yeah we got we got some behind the scenes look at him doing his uh his audio recording and singing and uh he's just he's just such uh such a character (laughs) yeah definitely he's he just he seems like a dude who just has fun 24 hours a day like he doesn't his mind just doesn't stop yeah, he oh, and man. Tim seem like um, good friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Psychonauts looks great. Um, any other thoughts on Psychonauts 2? Um, I probably I, I could gush about Psychonauts, Psychonauts 2 forever, so we should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Sounds good. Uh, I want to talk about some of the surprises of E3 for us. So one of the other games that we got to see was John Wick Hex, which is a, uh, a strategy game. This was a big surprise for uh, for me, especially uh, when I first saw this game. I was uh, I was not sure of what to think about it. Um, I was curious why they chose John Wick and then put him into a uh, essentially like a almost a turn based strategy game. But when we got hands on, I got to see a little bit more of like the vision of this game. And it very much looks like it's going to have the the DNA of, uh, of John Wick in there, which is very cool because they're working um, with the, the studio, with Lionsgate, with the people who do the movies, um, which is, is very compelling that they, um, you know, are, are getting advice from people who actually know the property well. Um, they mentioned it's going to be a prequel to the first movie, which is exciting. Uh, but the coolest part about this game is that they're calling it a timeline strategy game. So I was worried at first that it was going to be kind of like a Hitman Go kind of scenario where they plop this really cool um, assassin type person in to uh, effectively something that you're just like taking turns with the enemy, which is not very John Wick, right? Um, so with this timeline mechanic, uh, at the top of the screen, basically there's a, a timeline that's running. Uh, and every action that you take in the game has uh, a time to it right so you know if you're if you're moving from one space to another that's going to take time if you're rolling if you're uh, attacking enemies fist combat or taking them down uh, that's going to take time and you're having to manage this uh this time mechanic um against the other enemies so once they spot you their timeline starts they're going to start to draw their weapon or they're going to start approaching you to try and take you down and so everything you do is very methodical and planned out um, which is very cool. And, uh, each level that you go through has like multiple segments and you have one, um, uh, basically one, one meter of health that you have to pretty much manage for this entire segment of levels. So you've got to be very, you, you know, you can't just run in and be willy nilly and get shot because you're, you know, you might make it through that area, but you're not going to make it all the way to the end. So you've got to manage that all very well. Um, the other cool thing was, uh, like the, the gun mechanics. So you've got your, you've got your special pistol, John Wick's pistol. And normally in, in a game, if you're shooting, you know, a couple shots, it's kind of like a reflex for us to just immediately re reload that. So you have a full clip, but in this game, if you reload your gun, you actually drop that magazine, put in a new magazine, which takes time, of course, but you lose all that ammo that you just threw out. So you kind of want to wait to reload until you actually need to when you're down to your last shot. So it's very specific with um, like the realism in this. But the coolest part is after you've gone through and you've methodically taken out all of these uh, people, uh, we didn't get to see this in the actual hands-on demo because it wasn't ready yet, but um, there's going to be a replay mechanic. So you can hit replay and then it goes into this really cool um, uh, cinematic mode, which is going to look very similar to like an actual movie. You're going through and executing all these actions and it's going to look very, very cool, I'm sure. So um, awesome art style. Um, Mike Biffle, of course, is working on this game. Who's uh, worked on Thomas Was Alone and, and some other uh, really good games. So uh, what do you think of John Wick Hex? I thought it, looked, it was fantastic. I was also pretty skeptical about it. I'm not too, too big a fan of like turn-based strategy games. Yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to play. It was kind of felt like I made the comparison kind of like a turn-based super hot like you when 
only when you move, that's when your enemies move. So, like, it gives you time to think, but it's also, like, every second counts. Every, every like, tenth of it, like, however, tenth of a, what is it, like, a third, I think it was 0. 0.3 seconds it takes to shoot and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. every little moment counts. It really makes you feel like, you know, you're wham-bam taking these people out. Mm -hmm. um, it was really interesting how, because uh, we played it like one after the other, like alternating levels. And our different play styles were pretty interesting. Like yeah. you, were, you were much more uh, melee focused, whereas I kind of just wanted to shoot everyone, like hoard <laughs> their bullets. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you found out that you could pick up the weapons from the enemies and basically, like, get a full magazine by doing that. So you didn't really have to worry about, like, reloading because the reloading, of course, takes time. And you got to you gotta plan all this stuff out. So you were smart about just, like, shooting, 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 dropping your gun, picking up their gun, and having, you know, almost a full clip there, which is, which is pretty cool. So I think I there's going to be... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because if you um, wait till they shoot you and then pick up their gun, their gun will actually have that many bullets less yeah like i thought that was pretty uh like nice deep attention to detail there like you're not just mm -hmm. going to have a random pickup of uh, bullets you have if, if you let them shoot at you you're going to have less if you try to steal from them mm -hmm. yeah um it definitely seems like this is going to be a unique game something that we haven't seen before the they're really like their bread and butter for this game is that timeline which is something that we just haven't seen in a game. So I'm curious to see how the final release is from what we played. That demo was, you know, probably about an hour or so, maybe a little bit less, um, was very engaging. I was like, I just wanted to sit down and keep playing this game for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be a pretty long game, um, just based on what we, what we got to play through. Um, I'm a little skeptical that it's not going to be super long cause the, the game's price looks like it's 20 bucks. So it's not going to be like uh, a full price game by any means, which is a little sad because I would love to play just like a, you know, an eight to 12 hour campaign of, of this. But who knows? Maybe that's what it's going to end up being. Maybe they're just very generous. Yeah, I mean, that'd be the best case scenario, the best timeline. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you did with the timeline. OK. All right. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> another game that uh, that we got hands on with uh, was Creature in the Well. So. This is another very cool genre mashup. Uh, this is a dungeon crawling action RPG with pinball elements. So uh, basically you control a, a robot who uh, slashes pinballs around and uh, banking them off of the, the pinball bumpers and areas. And you're basically collecting power that you use to like um, power up certain aspects of the level and open up doors, find secrets. Uh, there's going to be a ton of different weapons uh, to collect in the game that all have different uh, abilities. Like some of them are going to be able to like cut the ball into two balls. So you have two balls going. Uh, some of them will curve the ball. Some of them will do like an AOE attack. Uh, so very, very cool stuff. We got to um, got to meet one of the creative directors at the, the uh, studio Flight School. Uh, his name is Adam Volker. Very funny guy. Um, he, he's very passionate about it. He does a uh, pretty much all the artwork for the game. Um, something interesting that he brought up to us is that he doesn't have any, um, he doesn't really have any uh, education or knowledge around like realistic lighting. 
and so the game looks very flat it doesn't really have like a like a 3d like lighting effect because he just didn't know how to do that and i think it looks very cool and honestly if he hadn't mentioned that i wouldn't have even noticed but he was like Yeah, me neither. I didn't he was notice until you just said it. <laughs> he was like joking but he also seemed like he was like a little down on himself that he didn't know how to do that but i was like dude this game looks great like the it's got a very like very unique flat art style um a beautiful game and uh yeah he he was just kind of giving me a little like behind the scenes look at as to like how he actually made a lot of the textures and stuff and i was like dude if you didn't tell me this stuff i would not have known and but now that i know it's like kind of even more incredible that you're able to pull this off so very very excited um you got you got some hands-on time with that as well what did you think of creature in the well Uh, very fun. There was one section that I did not realize was optional. Yeah. It was like, because uh, cause you kind of have a bit of control over like holding the balls and hitting them. And so there was one section where targets would pop up and you were given like two seconds maximum to hit them before another one would pop up. And if you miss mm-hmm. it, then it would reset to the first one. Mm-hmm. And I thought in order to open the next door, you had to finish that and so i was very determined in uh in beating that segment and it wasn't necessary it unlocked a pretty cool extra weapon which yeah I was, I was glad that i was i did it i, I ended up using that weapon for the rest of the run yeah yeah, like, yeah i know we both we both found that secret room and they're like um the first day that i played through it um on my on my own they're like oh wow like not very many people found that nice job and i was like really Oh, I was just, I was just determined to get through this puzzle. <laughs> like I, I, I wasn't going to walk away from that puzzle. Come on now. Uh, I didn't know that you didn't have to do that to continue. So yeah, it seems like the game's going to have a lot of um, like deep lore stuff that you can kind of go and find on your own, um, you know, if you're looking for it. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's going to be coming out to Nintendo Switch as well as Xbox and PC. It is a Game Pass game, so that'll be coming out day and date um sometime later this summer so looking forward to that uh another game that you were looking forward to very much so which was right next door to creature in the well was after party yeah tell us about, tell us about after party after party is uh made by the developers of oxen free if people remember it was kind of like a a, a walking story game that came out mm-hmm. like three or four years ago mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, another walking story game where you play as these two characters milo and lola believe are their names as they are unfortunately uh inhabitants of hell and so they're trying to escape hell because it's not a very fun place it looks like a fun place to live so i'll have to take their word it, for it, it. it it yeah it does look fun but, but uh they want to escape and so the basic plot of the game is you play as these two as they have to out party the devil and uh, if they do that they'll earn their freedom and the the demo kind of like showcased small pieces of what will be like the big uh like gameplay elements mm-hmm. they'll have like a a little twitter feed that's going on as you play the game which you saw like when you walked by a, a puking demon and his friends were like <laughs> oh hashtag, you know trevor's the worst, like, can't even hold his liquor. You see all their Twitter feed. <laughs> and uh, that will be implemented more for, like, when the choices you make of which parties you'll go to, you'll be able to see the Twitter feed of, like, 
what's happening there. So you, it's kind of like this constant, constant state of FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like, oh man, I should have gone to that party. Like, that looks like so much fun, and I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, another. Yeah, thing- one of the one of the cool things that um, that that I saw in, in Oxen Free, if I remember, there was like every decision had like four choices that you could make. And in uh, after party, it's only two choices. But once you start drinking, depending on the different drinks that you have, it's going to open up a third dialogue option that's based on the drink that you had. So we we tried, there was like four different drinks that we could try in the demo. Um, some of them you have like angry responses. Some of them you've got like, you know, where you're like overly nice to them. Um, it was just really fun to see the different interactions that you had based on whatever drink you consumed, which was like kind of the whole the whole point of this game is just like revolving around drinking these different bizarre like concoctions of liquor. <laughs> yeah, and I think they were telling us about one that w- wasn't in the demo where you drink it and your conscious literally like falls out of you. Yeah. And so you have to play through like a part of the game without your conscious, like all sorts of quirky things like that. Like the it seems like the art direction had very much this surrealist theme going on which i am all for like the city that you saw in the demos like pulsing neon mm-hmm. and it like has it about it's like this perfect balance of grungy like kind of like oh this place looks kind of ugh, but mm-hmm. also like really vibrant and kind of like a big city nightlife it it was really cool yeah, I'm very excited for that. So that was that was a, a quite a surprise, um, definitely for myself, because I had heard of the game, didn't really know too much. You you were knew quite a bit more about it, um, and I think both of us walked away from that demo extremely excited to play After Party when that launches. Mm-hmm. Um, another ga- a game that I got to see um, a demo of behind closed doors was Dying Light Two, which uh, a game that I did not play the original, so I had, didn't really know what to expect from this one but i was pleasantly surprised this is like a it's like a zombie action game um first person that has like some really heavy parkour elements guess that was like part of the first game as well but i was pretty floored by just how fluid everything is just moving through the environment everything seems like you can interact with it um as far as like climbing and vaulting and jumping and sliding and um the sequence that we saw during the uh, the presentation was like somebody was doing like a live demo, um, hand, like gameplay demo, and uh, just like the zombies and running from them and attacking them with just whatever weapon you can find and these like really crude upgraded weapons that have just like spikes and shit attached to them. Yeah, uh, looks like a lot of fun. Can... Yeah, um. Uh, it's very story based. They they were saying that a lot of the decisions that you make in the game have consequences that you'll see maybe not right away, but maybe later in the game. Um, and certain decisions that you make will actually potentially open up new areas of the game that you otherwise wouldn't see. Um, and on the flip side, it may close off certain areas of the game that you may never see, which is very intriguing um, because after playing through the entire game, they said you probably have only seen about 50% of the overall uh, world, which is very enticing. Um, sounds like after playing through the game, you're probably going to be wanting to go back in and, and try the other decisions to see how the story pans out. Um, it looks really pretty. The, the The gameplay was probably about 30 minutes that I saw. Um, 
kind of a kind of a game that I, I was like, oh wow, this is this looks really good. I think I'm gonna jump in. So excited to check Dying Light Two out. Yeah, um, there's um a cool thing for the co-op. I think they mentioned uh, when I saw the demo. Yeah. Where it'll they'll whoever is the host of the little co-op party. Mm-hmm. That's the world that people will be entering. So, say you you played through the game, you made certain choices. If you uh, join like a co-op room with a friend who made completely different choices you'd get to see that part of the world that you missed out on so it'd be kind of if you don't want to replay the game like uh if that's not like something that you know you have a brain need to do you can kind of just see what parts of the world maybe you missed out on yeah via their world and yeah so i think that's that's pretty cool like you can still have fun with the different uh choices even if you personally didn't make them yeah for sure um yeah it, it i feel like it's uh it's a cool game to to jump in and play with friends and then yeah experience the story your story in one way and then see what whatever what everyone else's decisions how that impacted their world and stuff so it looks good i'm excited that's dying light 2 um last game that i want to talk about that i was surprised by um, is a game from THQ Nordic, uh, of course, the studio that's just buying up all of these old properties and re-releasing and making new games just seemingly for the hell of it. Um, they've got a game coming out called Desperados 3, which I would have been like, this is like generic the game. But I went in there and saw a demo and got hands-on and I was like pleasantly surprised again. This is a very cool game. Again, not something I've ever played before. Um, Desperados 3 is a prequel, I guess, to the original game and second game. Um, and it's a third person strategy game. It's got real time combat. You're uh, a father and a son that are going to be working together to move through these, uh, these different areas. Um, it's cool. It, it kind of gave me last of us vibes in a way, just with like an adult and like a, a younger person, uh, working together kind of as a team to take down a bunch of, uh, violent people. Um, there's a cool mechanic in there that's called showdown mode. So basically it gives you a a moment to like pause and plan out your attacks and you can kind of like chain them all together. And then you basically like release that showdown mode button and then it executes everything in that exact order. So you can like really feel like a badass when you go through and do that. Um, there's like some stealth mechanics. There's a lot of strategy and, and like, um, location based planning that you got to do. Uh, we got to see a couple different characters, um, and it sounds like the story missions are going to have up to five characters playable at once. So you kind of like bounce between different characters that all have different weapons or different skills and abilities. Um, they did mention that there's going to be lethal or non-lethal actions that players can choose. So you've got really a lot of decision making around the type of campaign that you want to have. If you want to be like a, a desperado, just going out and guns blazing, or if you want to be kind of more sneaky and and like just subdue people. Um, they did say it's going to be like a 25 to 30 hour campaign, which is pretty meaty. And the time period is a uh, 1870s. You're going to be going through New Mexico, New Orleans, Colorado, and Mississippi. So pretty cool. That's a uh, Desperados three. Um, any other surprises that you had from, uh, from the show? Uh, one quick one was, uh, uh, the dark pictures man of Madon, I think it was called or Madan. Yes, yes, yes. That one, it was, it's made by the people who made, uh, until dawn. Yes. Um, and it looks, we played like a, a quick 
demo it and it looks pretty pretty fun like it very much has the the same uh bones of until dawn like it kind of takes from uh different horror tropes only this one is more uh out at sea mm-hmm. uh almost cthulhu like uh mystical elements to it whereas like the whereas uh the horror genre is um home invasion whereas until dawn was like you know the 80s slasher flick this one is kind of the more modern you know people coming into your place of safety and ruining that because in the demo your ship gets uh taken over by are they pirates i I feel silly calling them pirates but i think they are that's like what they are (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah people take over your ship and want ransom for because you're playing as a bunch of rich kids on vacation (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, I'm excited for that. I I definitely enjoyed playing through Until Dawn. That's a great game to play with friends, just to make decisions and like see who who you're going to keep alive. Mm-hmm. Um, very much looks like this is going to be another one of those kind of games. It is an anthology series now, which is really cool. So this is like the first of many games that they're going to put out in the Dark Pictures anthology. Uh, so each one they said is going to have like a different horror trope. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, this one's going to be like the, um, intruder in the home type of scenario, which is, uh, pretty cool. So, uh, very cool. Did you have any other, any other games that you want to talk about for me three that you liked? Um, oh, a, a quick mention to a, an indie game, a wave breaker. Oh, yes. Which was like, I'm wearing a shirt right now. Uh, it's kind of like a 80, uh, eighties hotline Miami aesthetic tony hawk game yes with like a weird surfing thing (laughs) yeah like you're you're playing as a jet skier animal and it's very bright neon the music is kind of synth wavy and uh you it i mean it's you're it's basically like skateboarding on a jet ski and (laughs) you can you can go on it doesn't uh you know, make you stay in the water. Like you can ride on land however you want. Mm-hmm. It's very open like that. But yeah, you can grind, do flips. There's a an attack mode actually. If you're playing with friends and like, say your friend is really good at doing tricks and you're not, you can just kind of stay at one spot and shoot them, and that's how you get your points. <laughs> uh, Sabotage them. Mm-hmm. Nice. I have a the developer and I, because we played together, had an agreement that we would just stick to our tricks because I didn't, I wanted to just do some cool jet ski parkour. I didn't want to shoot anyone. That's fair. But <laughs> it was, it felt like it was really fast paced and fun. Uh, controlled pretty well. Like there were some mechanics which took me a little bit of time just to get used to, but that's, you know, any kind of motion based game, you expect that. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. It was a small little surprise. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those small indie surprises. There's, there seem like there's going to be quite a few good indie games coming out. There's already been so many good ones this year, but there's just so many on the horizon. Games are so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, Claire, I want to thank you for joining me today to recap our first ever E3. Where can people find you online? 
people can technically find me online on Twitter <laughs> uh, at, <laughs> at Clarity Clear, which is uh, C L A I R I T Y Clear. Um, nice. My my go to Claritin Clear was already taken. That was very sad. Uh, That's but a yeah. Um, it has a picture of an alligator on it because it's my favorite animal and I don't use it often. But if, yeah, you can check me out there. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, once again, if you have any gaming related questions that you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYE podcast or email me at the email address. Hello at in your element podcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. And if you enjoy the show, consider visiting patreon.com slash in your element and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free, gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the Inner Element Discord server, be eligible for giveaways of 10 patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you consume the show on, and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists.